Good morning, Lord. We're here needing a word from you. Yes, we look good, nice clothes, and smiles on our faces, and we all need to hear from you, Lord. So open up our minds so we may understand your word. Soften our hearts so we may accept your word and strengthen our character so we may manifest your word through our life's activity. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. Again, it's good to see you all, and um, I want to introduce myself. For those of you who don't know me and those of you who are uh, visitors, my name is Will McCall, and I'm a pastoral fellow here at Highland Park Presbyterian Church. Our church body is in a sermon series right now, and we're going through different hymns that shaped us, and this morning, we're going to go through uh, Guide Me Over Oh, thy great Jehovah. Now, I want to let you guys know, I was raised Baptist. And y'all are very quiet. So, today, we're changing from the frozen chosen to the fiery faithful. And so, I want to hear a few amens. And if I hear amen, that'll shorten the sermon. If I don't, I just have more to say. All right? <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, 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 and I want to start with thanking this church. I, I'm so grateful for Highland Park Prez and all of its church members, the, the family of churches, including Peak, uh, Grace, Grace Lake Highlands, and Good Shepherd Oak Cliff. Last month, you guys were wonderful as we were out doing work across the city during Transform Dallas. And Transform Dallas is not just a day to go out and paint. Transform Dallas was put together in 2016. Back, you remember the days back in 2016 when we thought those times were tumultuous and crazy? <laughs> and so a group of the churches got together and we thought, we have to do something. There's something, I mean, we have to do something about our city because we are being torn apart. And so we did Transform Dallas, and Transform Dallas is about transforming how we think, transforming how we see, because we need change in our city, in our country, in our world. And I was talking to a friend of mine, a good friend, he's also a mentor, his name is Dr. Jack Fortin, and Jack has been all over the world, he's been in the C-suite of both World Vision and Young Life. He's consulted many. He's just like Superman. And he was talking to me about change. And he talks about three different types of change. First, there's the developmental change. And that's what we go through when we are, you know, you remember last week when we had the great uh, uh, VBS videos and we had the little girl talking about how Jesus walked on water? You get, okay, you guys don't. But I remember. It was really nice. And, 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 and we, part of the developmental change that we look for is we take people through a process. So she was with the elementary VBS track, and we expect her to go to the middle school VBS track at some point. It's developmental change. And then there's transitional change, Jack said. And this is a change of process to improve an experience. 
So we change the liturgical uh, process. We add brass, which I love. I used to play the saxophone, so it always makes me happy, Greg, to hear the music. By the way, don't we have amazing, amazing, amazing music ministry? After that anthem, the Baptist side of me said amen, amen really loud and kind of scared the guy next to me. But, so thank you for whoever started clapping in the back because that's just great work. But see, but, but liturgical, trans, it's a transitional change. It just improves the experience. But sometimes things are so tough, so confusing, and we're so lost that we need transformational change. And see, transformational change is when we have to just scrap everything and start all over. And that's where we find the Israelites in chapter 12. They've been going through it. Got to remember. Well, well let, let me ask you something. If, how many missed uh, a T. Hardy's Sunday school this morning? All right. So I'm going to take you to Sunday school. I'm going to give you a Sunday school lesson. So for, it's okay, I, it was a joke. You guys, no, no, I didn't expect you to be there. I, but, but let me take you to Sunday school. And as we look at the Israelites in chapter 12, when they, are, when they got to Egypt, they were lauded. They remember their history. Joseph saved Israel, saved Egypt, and they were beloved. But now they've been there for 430 years. And they've spent several, several generations enslaved. And so they've been calling out to God. They've been going through it. Been, they need transformational change. They need the, the assumptions by which they lived needs to be completely wiped out and started all over again. And that reminds me, I talked to a really good friend of mine, another uh, Baptist pastor, called him last Sunday. And I needed to ask him something at about 1 o'clock. I'd, I'd been out of church here for a while. He didn't answer. So he called me back way, I mean, way later, something like 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon yes, uh, Sunday. And I said, oh, how are you doing? He says, oh, sorry, I was in church when you called me. I'm like, what? Really? Okay. So yeah, we started at 10.15 and we didn't end till 2 p.m. At that moment... I was thinking, I don't know if I had transitional change or transformational change, but I'm so glad to be a Presbyterian right now. <laughs> and and so, so that change that we need really allows us to reset everything. And I know many of us are looking at our lives now, looking at the world now, looking at what's going on now, and thinking we need to reset everything, but we don't know what to set it to. So, so, so the thing that the Lord has called us to do is we, we need transformational change for those, uh, for those Israelites. So Moses, in Hebrews 11, says, in Hebrews 11, it says, faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. And in chapter 3, Moses is talking to God. And God says, I heard from your people. They say they need transformational change. And so I've come down and I'm going to send you to talk to Pharaoh and to your people and tell Pharaoh to let your people go and tell your people it's time to go. And Moses said, no, no, no. I haven't had transformational change. I'm not doing that. I don't know how to speak well. 
And the Pharaoh, who am I for Pharaoh to listen to me? And by the way, my own people aren't going to listen to me. And see, see, that's where we are a lot of times. We don't know. When God talks to us, we are wondering if we actually have the power to do what God is saying. Well, let me answer that question. You don't. The reality is, it's impossible for man. But if God does, you, does it, and God calls you to it, nothing is too hard for God. So the reality for you and for me, if God calls us, calls us to it, it is not impossible for us. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the what? Thank you very much. Somebody went to Sunday school. So when transformational uh, a change occurs, then we start doing things differently. Transformational change occurred in Moses. So Moses decided, you know what, God, I'm going to keep talking to you. It was occurring in Moses. And what, what, what happened when Moses started talking to God, he started listening. And then he started asking God questions. Well, okay, I can't do it, but if you want me to do it, how are they going to listen to me? Well, God asked Moses, what do you have? I have a staff in my hand. And what, Mo what God said is, throw the staff down. And when he threw the staff down, staff turned into a snake. And then God said, pick up the staff by its tail. And he picked it up, it turned back into a staff. And see, the point there is God says, when I call you to something, if I give you the vision, I'll give you the provision. I'll give you already have what you need if I call you to do it. And when you're called to do transformational change, then I'm going to use what you have and what you don't have, I'll add on my own. And so Moses went forward and did just what God told him to do. And that's, that's, that's the struggle we have. The struggle is following God's guidance. We need to follow God's guidance. Uh, follow God's guidance requires fervent prayer, accepting God's love and obedience. And as the Lord tabernacles with us on our journey, then we will understand his guidance. Trust grows in the Lord. And our implementation of his plan improves, allowing us to find joy and fulfillment in every aspect of our journey. So when we are trusting God, we'll talk to God, even when God doesn't make sense. See, God's job isn't to make us understand. God's job is to call us, and our job is to be faithful. That's the only job we have. It's to just trust God and act on what he says. If you're faithful, you're good. Mother Teresa told us this many times, said this many times when she was living. She says, all the Lord is calling us to is not to success, but to faithfulness. And so let me tell you about a friend of mine. He's a distant friend, but a friend, know him. A guy by the name of Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry grew up, I grew up in California. He grew up in California. And for a while, he attended my home church. And Daryl Strawberry was a phenomenal baseball player, if you don't know who he is. He was an eight-time All-Star, four times he won the World Series. He was amazing. Unfortunately for Daryl Strawberry, he grew up in a tough, spot, in a tough place. 
He had an abusive family, abusive father in particular. And Daryl drank, started from 13, and did, had, had a substance abuse problem. Despite all that, he was still nationally ranked. One of the, matter of fact, he was one of the, seen as the best baseball player coming out of high school when he graduated high school. He was chosen number one overall by the Mets. But Daryl had problems. Daryl, um, he got suspended. He was put in jail. He kept cancer, and Daryl's just in bad shape. And I'm not telling you anything private. He said this publicly. You can just look him up. He talks about it. But Daryl has also experienced transformational change. And what Daryl said about his mother, he said his mother said, Mama prayed for me when I was in a pit. Her prayers and God's power took me from the pit to the pool pit. You see, Daryl Strawberry's been clean for 18 years now. Daryl Strawberry preaches and teaches all over the country and, yea, even the world. Daryl Strawberry came out about two years ago and hung out with our family. He was preaching at a church, hugged my mother. She sees her, her as this kind of a second mother. Daryl Strawberry's been married a few times, but now he's been married to the same lady for those 18 years. And that lady doesn't allow him to go nowhere without him. And he's happy. So when he, when he travels, she travels. But what he did, it's a transformational change. Because when there's a transformational change, we do things differently. But we get different, different results. Another one of my favorites is Corey Ten Boone. Anybody ever heard of Corey Ten Boone? Corey Ten Boone had a different Egypt. Because these transformational changes are our When we need transformational change, it's because we're in our own personal Egypts. And, and Corrie ten Boone had a different Egypt than substance abuse. She was under Nazi rule. Her family was a Dutch family. She was a Dutch watchmaker back in the Second World War. And they, were, they, were, they, they had a book called The Hiding Place and a Movie. And they saved over 800 Jews from being extinguished. But then the Nazis found out. And they were thrown, her father, her sister, and herself were thrown into a concentration camp. But Corrie ten Boone had transformational change even before she went into her Egypt. See, that's the beauty of this transformational change. Once you have it, you can hang anywhere because you know wherever you are, the power of the Lord is, and you have everything you need to make it through. And so she, she, was, she got lice. This is part of her story. She, she, they got lice, and she and her sister were isolated by themselves. They snuck a Bible in. And then other people got lice, and then they were put into the same isolation. And then she had a whole group that she did Bible study with in a concentration camp because she had already had this transformational change happen within her. But again... We all have had our Egypt. Some have an Egypt of an unhealthy relationship. Some have Egypts of unhealthy environments. Some have Egypts of bad habits. An Egypt of poor health. An Egypt of a painful loss. But whatever your Egypt is, I want you to know that if you connect with the Lord and you have that change happen, it, you will be able to make it through, not even just make it, but you'll thrive through it. And so you're wondering, so when God guides us out of Egypt, how does Egypt get out of us? Well, I'm glad you asked. 
So the first thing that needs to happen when, we need, when, we get, when God gets the Egypt out of us, he demonstrates the power of obedience. You see, in verse 31, it says, Then he summoned, he is Pharaoh, Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. See, when you have transformational change, you have this power. But the change doesn't come without obedience. See, Moses was, I mean, Pharaoh at first was a dictator. Now he's taking dictation. He told Pharaoh, uh, he told Moses what to do. Now he's telling Moses, tell me what to do. Because when you have transformational change in you, you have the Holy Spirit working through you. When you have the Holy Spirit working through you, you have this power, but the power does not show up without obedience. And if you go back to chapter 3, Moses had talked to God, and God had told Moses what he should do. Back in chapter 3, he told Moses that he will give orders to Pharaoh. But, and when he did, he did that, and, and, and Moses did just what, uh, what, what God said, and um, it just didn't work out exactly how he thought. It took 10 plagues to get him to listen. But the beauty of it is Moses decided that he was going to trust what God said more than what he saw in Pharaoh. So when you have transformational change, you trust the sayings of the Lord more than what you see in other people. But not only did that happen with Moses, back in chapter 3, Moses, he, Pharaoh told Moses to tell the, uh, the women to go, to go and ask for gold and silver and clothing. That's back in chapter 3. While they were still in bondage, and what Moses did is he did tell them. But not only did he tell them, the people listened. And the people did just what he said. And what happened there? And uh, the, the people, in cha- uh, verse 35, the people of Israel had also done as Moses told them, for they had asked the Egyptians for silver, gold, silver and gold jewelry for clo- and for clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they let them go. And one night, the powerful oppressors turned into plundered grovelers. One night, I'm just talking to you about the power of obedience. But not only was it about the power of obedience, he gets the Egyptians, he gets, he gets Egypt out of us by demonstrating the power of community. So in verse 37, it says, And the people of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children. A mixed multitude also went up, with them and a very and and very much livestock both flocks and herds god promised to abraham in in genesis 3 in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed genesis 12 chapter 3 see the lord brought out a mixed multitude 
So when they came out, it wasn't just the Israelites. It wasn't just the Jews. There were Egyptians in there. There were families that there were other uh, uh, enslaved ethnic groups in there. They all came out as long as they were covered by the blood. So, so, so God keeps God's promises. And when we learn to see community, community differently, we start seeing the power of God's promises. We start seeing what it means to have a community that's expanded beyond the community that we're used to seeing. Matter of fact, I want to I show a video to you. Because this happened to me, and uh, hopefully we have the video ready. Please watch this. Thy great Jehovah, hear them through this very land, God. Or you can stand on your feet if you want to. Me, oh, thy great Jehovah. In a few minutes, we're going to sing that very same song. And I'm going to let you know right now, we're not going to sing it like that, and I'm not going to lead it. <laughs> but I will tell you this. Until about five years ago, that's the only way I heard that song. And I was in my friend's church at Preston Crest Church of Christ. And if you know Church of Christ, they don't, many, most of them don't use instruments. Beautiful a cappella. I believe they're going to sing, they sang it pretty much the way we're going to sing it. But for me, that was confusing. I'm like, what, what's this song? And the more I listened, the more the words came to me. And what, what the Lord was speaking to me about is seeing community differently. Because when that song shows up in my church that I grew up in, you go to a black church, when that song shows up, I want you to do something. Just get ready because you're going to have to stand up. Okay? And you're going to follow behind them and you're going to sing loud. So I was used to that. And they were just singing it and kind of guiding me over. I was like, okay. But the words started making sense to me. And they started to move me just like they moved me at St. Stephen's Baptist Church or my grandfather's church at Pilgrim Rest Baptist Church in Rayville, Louisiana or my grandfather's church that he pastored in, in Bonita, Arkansas. It started to move me because it wasn't about the style. It was about the substance. And so when, when, when there's transformational change in you, you move beyond style. You start seeing the substance of people. And you start seeing the Imago Dei. You start seeing God in them, even though it shows up differently. God gives you greater community when we have transformation of the Holy Spirit working through us. And then finally, he gets Egypt out of, out of us and by, out of the uh, Israelites by showing them the power of remembrance. Verse 42. It was a night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So the same night is a night of watching kept to the Lord by all people of Israel throughout the generations. And I believe William Williams, the Welsh uh, 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 poet laureate 
of the Welsh revival of the 1750s knew this when he penned, Guide me, O thy great Jehovah. He knew that it's one thing to get us out of Egypt. It's a whole other thing to get Egypt out of us. But beyond that, once we get out of Egypt, we have to be prepared for the promised land. You see, William Williams was an itinerant preacher, but his parish was all of Wales, and it was 1750. And William Williams trekked for 43 years sharing the gospel. And he penned, he was prolific in his poetic writing, prolific in his hymns, but there is no hymn. This hymn is his number one hymn. So if you know Princess Purple Rain, it's like his Purple Rain. Okay. And that, that hymn is sung everywhere. I started hearing it all over. It's because when we get out of Egypt, we need guidance to get into the promised land the right way. See, you got to have enough faith to listen to the Lord. And then we need to have enough faith to be sent by the Lord as the Lord sent Moses back to Pharaoh and to the people and the people to the Egyptians. And then when it's really tough and it's really hard, the Lord understands we need a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So he'll say, I'll make sure you even see my presence. Now, did he ever leave? No, because when, when Pharaoh called Moses at nighttime in verse 31, God was with him. When Pharaoh was coming, when they were about to leave Egypt at nighttime, God was with them too. But he made sure they, that he saw, that they saw him. And I want you to understand, I know this is a tough time. It's a tough time for all of us. I know we have all kind of unrest, and I know we're being stretched by pandemic. I had one guy talk to me about business. He was just stressing me out, telling me, well, this inflation is not like the inflation in the 1970s. We have low interest rates and we have high inflation. And I'm like, man, stop. <laughs> I, need, I came back to the scriptures. I, I don't need to hear all that. But we can make it. But we have to transform how we think, transform how we see, transform how we interact. And the Lord will transform us. And overnight, life will be different, not only for you, but for the people around you. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we're just so grateful for your transformative power. We thank you for the Holy Spirit and how it shows up, how he shows up to guide us when we need guidance. Thank you for the remembrance that you have given us in the history and the scriptures. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the typology and how we can see the future if we pay attention to the present and the past. Thank you for a God that never leaves us nor forsakes us. Thank you for this time this morning. In your son Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.